0: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
2: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Southern Fried True Crime covers cases that are not suitable for young listeners, and there may also be some explicit language used. Listener discretion is advised. My opening disclaimer has never been more relevant than it is today. But I'm so excited for you guys to hear this crossover episode I recorded with my friends from the Trashy Divorces podcast. It's the perfect crossover to discuss O.J. Simpson, who did have two trashy divorces before he brutally murdered Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman. Sorry, but you won't hear me say allegedly now or anywhere in this episode. What you will hear are lots of cuss words. Probably all of the cuss words. So fair warning, and I totally get it if it's not your thing, but this is a conversational episode and we let her rip. Probably the nicest thing I say about OJ Simpson is that he was a crybaby when he played for the Buffalo Bills. I would also like to point out that we recorded this before Kim Goldman's incredible podcast was released, Confronting OJ Simpson. We definitely would have recommended it. As I'm recording this, it is four episodes in and I am officially obsessed, so go check it out. Also, I hope you fall in love with Alicia and Stacy and subscribe to Trashy Divorces. I have played their promos and promoted their show before, and it's not just because we're friends. They consistently put out excellent and hilarious content weekly. I have so many supplemental reading and watching resources for you, so please check out my show notes. Among my favorites are Marcia Clark's book, Without a Doubt, and Jeffrey Tubin's book, The Run of His Life honorable mentions to the american crime story season called the people vs. oj simpson and i cannot recommend enough the five-part espn documentary called oj made in america also in the show notes are resources for domestic violence if you or anyone you know are in danger there are resources to help you you're not alone please reach out again this is not southern fried's usual format but with the 25th anniversary of the murders this year i really wanted to record something California is not my area, so I'm so glad Alicia and Stacy invited me to guest host on this episode. Now, if you're still listening, I hope you enjoy this special crossover episode. Keep listening at the end of the show for an important announcement. Happy Fourth of July, y'all!
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Hey there. This is Erica Kelly with Southern Fried True Crime, here to talk about some trashy divorces with my girls.
3: Hey, we're so happy to have you back at, at the
1: beach. Yes. It has been a
3: fun We don't want to make y'all jelly. We really don't, <laughs> but we've had a super fun beach week vacay. We have a little fun thing planned for everybody today. Alicia's barely hanging on to her voice.
1: It's true. And we're definitely not in our normal studio room. So this could sound all kinds of atmospheric. I don't know. Yeah. Please don't send us hate mail because it sounds
3: different. (laughs) We are all hunched over for you people, for you (laughs) In a really weird, awkward setup, but we've got a story that's way too good not to tell today.
1: And what is that story, Alicia?
3: Today, y'all, we're doing the two trashy divorces of OJ Simpson and true crime adjacent with our friend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll be covering the murder of Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman. Ron Goldman. So sad. Clearly, I won't be covering it. I'm not the one with notes.
1: No, I'm the one with some general notes, but... It does seem like, Alicia, you have a lot of notes. I'll be the one with the
2: useless background facts.
3: I have notes on the trashy divorces part, but Eric and I are really familiar with the ins and outs of this case. So Stacy is going to be functioning with our...
2: We'll try not to get too gross.
1: Who is OJ Simpson again?
3: (laughs) So let's go ahead. Let's let's dip right in. OJ has actually had two divorces.
1: I'm surprised it's only two, honestly. He seems (laughs) like like a
3: trash bag. Only two. Our trash bag, OJ, was born and raised in San Francisco. I'm going to go ahead and just skip to the teenager part. He becomes a member of a street gang called the Persian Warriors. Eating good in the neighborhood. (laughs) That's all I can think. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently, like, I don't know, trouble starts early, right? Runs into a little bit of... A little bit of trouble and is uh, sent over to the San Francisco Youth Guidance Center. When he gets out of juvie, he ends up being jailed two more times. Marguerite, his long-term girlfriend, has described the man known as the Juice as a terrible person during his formative years. And It was all of his
2: years, but okay it does sound like yeah <laughs> no it's um, all of his years so like when you start much, out an and so she yeah, was his, she same.
1: was his girlfriend during this period his high school sweetheart high school come, all yeah. the
2: way didn't they get married while he was in college yeah we're gonna okay sorry you like two paragraphs just stay there
3: but he's like pretty good at sports right but his grades yeah. suck so he's not getting no matter how great he is at sports he's not getting any big scholarships didn't he start with track first He He did do track as well. Yeah. So he ends up in 1965 at city college in San Francisco and he plays football there and ends up making like junior all American and wins this Mm -hmm. like heroic game. So now scouts are like, Hey, your grades may suck, but you sure can play. So he ends up taking his talent, winning some big games that get the attention of recruiters. And he ultimately accepts an offer from university of Southern California, where he plays running back for that season by 1965. Sixty-seven. I guess maybe it's like the fifth year, fourth year, fifth year seniors. Because yeah. in 67, he's a senior. He's runner up for the Heisman. He does win it the next year in 1968. And as far as I can confirm, it's still this record. OJ holds the record Heisman Trophy's largest victory margin. Wow. That's how good he was. It's never been topped. Good athlete. Mm-hmm. Dick bag of a person. <laughs> So, remember Marguerite, who's like, yeah, that guy's a real trash bag. Well, in 1967, they get married. May as well marry him. (laughs) High school sweetheart, June wedding, June 24, 67 in San Francisco. He's 19, she's 18. So, I guess his football cred makes him look a little bit more attractive. So, wedding belts. Perfect. He graduates. They move to Amherst, a suburb Mm -hmm. of Buffalo, because he signs with the Buffalo Bills. He was a crybaby the entire time.
2: He was a crybaby the entire time. California boy did not like the snow.
3: Not at all. And by all accounts, it starts out not as a terribly happy life. The marriage falters early. There are temporary separations starting three years after the marriage begins, starting in 1970. Records don't indicate what those disputes were about, but by 1973, Marguerite had asked her lawyer to start divorce proceedings.
2: Quickly, did they have two kids?
3: Two kids. Okay. Two Just double kids. Yeah. On that. So her lawyer says the marriage becomes more troubled as Mr. Simpson becomes more of a celebrity. So for. O.J., Marguerite, is this element of stability. Mm -hmm. She's a mother. She's a homemaker. She's supposed to handle all things girl and make his life comfortable and wonderful.
2: Well, she kind of represents his past and home life, and he's now moving into celebrity and spotlight. That's exactly it.
3: O.J.'s like, yeah, I want my wife to play their traditional role. I want to care for, you know, you need to care for my house and kids.
1: I realize it was a different time, but shut up, O.J.
3: (laughs) So he's playing football. Uh, By 1974, he decides he wants to be an actor, too. So he's picking up a few parts. Ends up with a small part in Roots in 1977. 1977, he's tired of the fucking wintertime. He's like, nope, gonna go on out and join the San Francisco 49ers. So California boy goes home.
1: Yeah, that actually seems like, I mean, if maybe he wanted to put his life in order, this would be a great junction to do that. Well, yeah,
3: like I know I'm probably going to be retiring soon. Triumph and return to home. Yeah. 1977 was also a big year because he meets 18-year-old, fresh out of high school graduate, Nicole Brown, who is a cocktail waitress at the Daisy, where, same club, y'all, Fun With Dunners, where Frank Sinatra paid the maitre d' to punch Dominic
2: Dunn in the face. Yeah. So,
3: the Daisy was a big deal.
2: And if you see photographs of her, she looks about 14. She's so young. She's so young. I mean, she's incredibly beautiful, but she really, really looks even younger than she is. Mm -hmm.
3: OJ's hooked on her, and his BFF, Robert Kardashian, and his wife, Kris, are helping him Mm -hmm. try to hook up with her. Like, fuck you, Marguerite. Like, here's how to call Nicole. Here's what you say. Yikes. The marriage between OJ and Marguerite is coming to a close. The final separation comes in 1978, just six days before the birthday First birthday of their third
2: child, a girl named Erin. So oh, there was ha- a third. Okay, there was. I'm thinking of the older two that kind of. Oh, and two older children that were really kind of part of the insulating oh, group. Oh, and Jason. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. They do have a third child, Erin, who sadly drowns right after her second <gasps> birthday. I do you remember this? About
2: that? Yeah. I do you remember now? Oh, yeah. So
3: terribly sad. Like the divorce is yeah. final. Like they separated right around her first birthday. By the time the divorce is final. She's drowned. That is terrible. It's horrible. Wasn't so that sad. at Rockingham,
2: too? Because I'm almost positive he built Rockingham when he came back.
3: Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, the drowning of a child, the death of a child, just devastates both parents.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: According to records related to the divorce, OJ, here's what's rich Y'all aren't even ready for this. OJ accuses Marguerite of threatening him with physical force. Marguerite insists OJ was never abusive. I love this quote. Because if he did abuse me, he would have gotten a frying pan upside the head. There was no way I'd allow that to happen to me.
2: Well, good on her. I would like to think that's true. Yeah, I have would my too. doubts. I'm, I've <laughs> got a lot
3: of doubts. Right?
2: He's a serial abuser. He's a serial I don't abuser. see how it didn't start with her. Yeah, like, exactly I, I appreciate her fronting, but I'm sure she did that for a divorce settlement.
3: Well, you ready for how bad he mm-hmm. fronted good it point. in 1980 after the divorce. Marguerite refuses to move out of the Brentwood home and threatens OJ with physical abuse, libel, slander, and to call the police. So he's calling the cops on her because she's so whatever. I think it's it's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. You're a serial abuser. You don't change that.
2: Yeah, I don't think so either. OJ in
3: 1979 tells people that, you're going to see this again, Marguerite's the problem. The price of fame was our biggest problem. My wife is private, yet we can't walk down the street without causing a commotion. OJ's the one that causes the commotion. Mm -hmm. You've heard about Mm -hmm. him. like He walks into a room like... Hey everybody, I'm O. J. He wants my autograph. He's yeah. pissed if people don't pay that homage to, to, to him. To be
2: fair, they also say he is a naturally gregarious man. I mean sure. when you don't know that he's a serial abuser and before he became a well known murderer, most people thought of him as this really genial Oh
3: actor hurts. We love him in, like he was the most accessible person yeah. of color
2: yeah, exactly. at that time. Yeah. Like definitely made a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to note his charm. It's easy to forget that in later years that Mm -hmm. there was a reason he was so successful. There was a reason people were kind of drawn to him. It wasn't just the money. He actually was a very charming man. That's a good point. So they end up divorced in 79. Now
3: I'm going to go ahead and give you these baseline numbers. Marguerite gets $1,500 a month in child support. For their two kids. Marguerite does take him back to court for a $26,000 claim in the divorce settlement Mm -hmm. that she's owed. The claim is settled, but he kind of shifts around his money. He doesn't want everyone. Yeah, he does
2: that the rest of his life. He
3: does it with the divorce from Nicole, Mm -hmm. too. Like, I don't want you to know how much I have, so let me go ahead and hide some shit. He did it. That's how he's living now. Like, Mm -hmm. his net worth now, some people say, like... He's penniless. He has nothing. Other reports say he's got three to five mil just invested in places that civil claim couldn't get it. Yeah. At the end of the day, 1979, OJ is going to play his last professional football game, get really into the acting thing, start a production company. And is single, but not really because he's been living with Nicole Brown for two mm-hmm. years before the divorce was final. He'll continue to date her throughout the early eighties, which I guess is cool. They're living the high life about five years later. They're into each other enough to get married February 2nd. Their first child is born in October of that year. And I did look up a conception calendar just to see because Pretty close. like in j- mid January, but why do you date for, why do you get single? Get divorced to marry yeah. this love of your life and then keep her on the hook for five years. Yeah. It's weird to me. Anyway, they do get married February 2nd, 1985, daughter in 1985, son in 1988. And throughout the seven years of this marriage, it's just violent outburst and lots of reconciliations.
2: I meant to tell you one thing. On their first date, she had a roommate and she came in first date. And he had her pants were ripped. Like he was violent with her from the very beginning, forced what? On with her sexually from the very beginning. Wait, like the the roommate yeah the roommate was like that's not okay oh my god no i mean it's fine it worked out fine you know we wound up just kind of making out he just got a little too excited oj's just like that (sighs) he ripped her clothing on their first date no she was 18 and i'm like yeah there's no way he didn't abuse his first wife (laughs) yeah and i mean she's so young and impressionable and he is like i said he's a charming man she admitted Mm. that and was like well i mean it's oj he didn't mean it he apologized i mean you know this is a refrain charismatic fuck yeah marriage is well i mean he didn't mean it. he apologized it takes years for her to yeah that shit i mean in
1: in this case i mean it's sad to say but like famous last
2: words yeah with uh abusers well you also
1: have to look at her family dynamic because this is something
3: dominic done family
2: is strange
3: her family's super weird and once she dated and married nicole like both of them got something out of it. So the Browns are being financially taken care mm-hmm. of by OJ. But OJ's getting this um, cachet of, I'm not as black as you think I am, right? Like, he, I, yeah. I'm married a white woman. I'm with a white family. I'm integrating. And
1: like, can I, can, what race was Marguerite? Black. black. Okay. Um, yeah, he pretty
2: much left the black community behind. He really
3: did. Yeah. And both. I don't know what they did to Nicole, but for where you at 18 feel like that's what you deserve. Yeah. I mean, I've done it. I did it in a relationship at 18. It was stupid AF. And then you, yeah, ah, it's just sad. Seven years of marriage, lots of violence, lots of reconciliations. It's the, he apologized. He'll never do it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, multiple domestic violence calls Mm -hmm. throughout the marriage. By 1992, Nicole's had enough. She tries to break free. She wants a divorce. So now they're fighting about money, custody, Mm -hmm. visitation. In divorce negotiations, OJ argues for a reduced settlement because he doesn't have any money. He's got financial (laughs) obligations for his mom and his two kids. And
0: Mm -hmm.
3: NBC cut his salary and he's made bad investments. He had to close his two fast food chicken franchises in 92 because of the LA riot. He was also
2: just incredibly petty. Like, they had a beach house that she easily could have lived in with the kids, you know, because she had to get her own place. Sure. And she was the only one that ever took the kids there. He didn't enjoy the beach. And he really? said no, wouldn't let her have it in there. <gasps> wow. Well, yeah, he was just really mean and vindictive he, about it. It wasn't just yeah. about hiding money. It was to hurt her.
1: Can I, can I just say that whenever I hear about people like rich, a rich person hiding money uh, for a divorce, I just think of you know, O.J. Simpson could have gone to work for the president as an unpaid lawyer like Rudy Giuliani <laughs> did. Like, and then yeah, the poverty. Yeah, the fake consultancy. <laughs> this fake
3: consultancy. So... Here's what's super rich. There's a lot of shit that's super rich in this nonsense. In divorce proceedings, OJ complains Nicole has done nothing to try to earn a living. She does nothing but play, take nice vacations. Did he allow her? Yeah, that's the Hold on, hold on. I'm going to tell you her story in a second. She does nothing but play, taking nice vacations, spending time exercising and entertaining and being entertained. Nicole, in justifying her request for support, she says, filed in her court papers, her husband has demanded her complete devotion since they began living together when Mm -hmm. she was 19. Oh, God. I traveled back and forth between L.A. and San Francisco to be with him. I only attended junior college for a very short time because respondent oj required me to be available to travel with him wherever his
2: career required him to go to a new location even if it was for a short period of time well the point was like she never got she was never able to develop her own career right and when she did try to start doing things she did kind of pitiful things like and did the interior designing for a friend's home and sure. like people would help her out in that way she had no formal training she had no but education you have a she controlling had been with she was a teenager yeah, yeah. And you have to clear yeah. every
3: moment of your day yeah exactly. He, he her, partner,
2: yeah. From
1: he prevented her from having skills to be independent. Exactly, so. and
2: then he blamed that on you right, know, Of it, course, yeah. Then like,
1: but she's so in lazy finest. in yeah. court papers, dickhead.
3: So here's the difference between Marguerite and Nicole. In the final sett- settlement, they did get divorced in '92. She was awarded a lump sum of four hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars and ten thousand dollars a month for child support for and their two children. This is nineteen
1: ninety-two that this happened. Ninety-two. That's not bad. That's yeah. that's not a bad amount. I mean, of money. enough to
3: live on. Mm-hmm. You're fine. You can get. I mean, you may not be in the lifestyle you used to be in. But... Yeah, you're
1: not going to be up in the you know in the hills of Beverly Hills or whatever, but. You I mean, you you can purchase a home with that amount of money. Absolutely, you can raise your children. And she did. She
3: bought the
2: condo mm-hmm. that was exactly from him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> this <Exactly>. poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> So
3: at the time of the divorce, her attorney refers her for therapy to Susan Forward, who has written a book, Men Who Hate Women and the Women Who Love Them. She only goes to two therapy sessions because she is hesitant and reluctant to follow Forward's standard advice to battered women to cut off all contact, any contact. Any attempt to placate an abuser may leave that abuser with a false sense of hope for reconciliation.
2: Well, the problem is her family was financially dependent on him. That's exactly right. She could not do that. Yeah. And and as Mm
1: co-parenting is, but also, I mean, there, there's a process Mm -hmm. to getting an abuse victim to become aware that they have been victimized. Like, yeah, because I think most people in it don't. They're- it takes a while for mm-hmm. them to understand the gravity of it Because yeah. it becomes
2: your normal every day
1: Exactly Like, no, but spouses are just controlling I mean, that's just how marriage works yeah. No,
3: that doesn't happen This doctor, Susan Forward, has been criticized By the California Board of Behavioral Science For publicly discussing the case Oh, really? Mm. But I think, like, on some level, it's super important
1: Oh, so, like, after the murder? She- yeah Yeah, that, I would say that's a public service And Dr. Actually. Forward
3: says she kept going back because She was trying to make the white picket fence family Family. He'd apologize and say it wouldn't happen again. My impression was that her ambivalence had more to do with the fact that everything she ever wanted was a husband and kids. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to hold on to it. And Stacy, you made a really good point in a previous episode when I just hit the wall like, you get out, you get out. It doesn't matter what you do. And
1: yeah, it was from a tweet that I saw like the day before, but it basically said that when abusers abuse, that abuse isn't designed to push the person away. It's designed, it's designed, to, draw designed them them to draw them closer. closer exactly. it. Yeah, which
2: is just, like
1: upsetting to hear, like, well, you know. and
2: you also you cannot discount the fact that she did love him, right? They right. were in love. Yeah. I mean, as bad as he was to her, and mm-hmm. that's a sad fact of a lot of abusive marriages. They're still in love. Yeah. yeah, you know, I found. Um,
1: have you seen? Did you see the first season of Big Little Lies yeah. on HBO? Yeah, I thought that portrayal it was incredible. Uh, it, it was disturbing as fuck, but it really it's eye-opening it, it brought it home. How, that's exactly it yeah
2: it becomes almost a codependent thing you yeah. Know? yeah yeah
1: like yeah he hurts me but then we have amazing makeup sex and he's so apologetic oh, and he loves know, like, me and he sends
2: me uh-huh. roses and so I like, have this fabulous house the and, kids. Yeah. Well, like yeah. it
1: didn't even start out great
3: so let me back up yeah. their wedding day in 1985 OJ comes on to Robin Greer I mean like he's coming on to different women the day they're getting yeah. married he's had a ton of affairs Nicole knows about him she hates him he is an in court Womanizer. OJ tells Nicole about one of the affairs with Tony Katane yeah. because
2: Nicole had gotten too fat while she was pregnant. Yeah. yeah. That was one of his favorite things was, was to call her a fat bitch when she was pregnant.
3: Okay. I did see the best t-shirt the other day, but it was good. It was a shirt like, my kink is telling men to fuck off after they call me fat on the internet or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's an interesting
2: story her sister told, though, that when Nicole was pregnant, they were all sitting out at the pool, and it was like her sister was there with another couple, so it wasn't just, like, the three of them. There were other Mm. people there to see this, and he was doing his usual fat bitch routine because she was very pregnant, and they were all like, dude, man, that's not cool. She's your wife. Like, she's pregnant. And that's your baby with your child. Listen, he jumped up and threw them all in the pool. (gasps) Her sister... Her sister's friend and the date, he jumped up and threw them all in the pool. What? He's an extremely violent man. And I mean, depending on you know, most people didn't confront him or you know remark on his bad behavior. Most of people, no, like, oh, I've got a good, just turn the other cheek and I pretend like they didn't see anything. I've got a good quote
3: about that from something like everybody knew it was happening, but you didn't mm-hmm. talk about it with them.
2: Yeah, I, I would also
1: say in light of the more recent NFL domestic violence mm-hmm. scandals, like I, I think there, it it may be worth sort of re reimagining the OJ story in light of just institutionally there is no yeah like I. Guess it's better now, maybe, but there has, like, the NFL has been terrible about policing mm-hmm.
2: to this day. I to mean, they'll, like, you know, it's sure. a slap on the wrist and then quietly they re sign with another team.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's only a slap on the wrist if it's caught on film or, you know, yeah. like, yeah. there are a ton of NFL wives who are just being beaten routinely. <laughs>
2: And never I'm sure they talk about it amongst themselves, maybe, but but it's, I mean, they're in part of the problem is they refuse to press charges, right. They refuse to leave. They refuse to tell the media what actually happened. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, the people making money on the other end are like, well, she's dropping it, yeah, well, I should not yeah, yeah, it.
1: and and again, it's the same mixture of, you know, there mm-hmm. is love, there are children, there is money, mm-hmm. they're like,
2: And they're in a money machine. Yeah.
3: But also OJ is telling her how she should dress, how she should Mm -hmm. do her hair, how she should move, who she should talk, what time she should be places like super possessive, super controlling, like the entire seven years through the marriage. She attempts to break free. She finally does break free divorce done 1992.
1: Okay. And he's, done in football he's no longer a football player no, at this point he retires know. in
3: 79 he's
1: had his hurt oh, contract oh, oh, by then. okay so and he's been acting he was he's there. been he right the he's, naked so he's movies yeah really yeah which it. i was a kid i loved them and did, you know <laughs> to really me, when this
2: case came out that's the only way i knew him Like, exactly I had no
1: idea about the football hero
2: worship until right later. yeah because i he
1: yeah I, yeah i was born in 76 and if he retired in 79 like i missed all of that
3: So I was
2: born in 74, but I have no interest in football. So
3: they're still (laughs) doing this shit. They get divorced and even talk about reconciling. They go on this like last Mm -hmm. ditch vacation together with the Kardashian. sorry. Yeah. With the Kardashians. That's how I know them. It was so long ago. (gasps) And they're really trying like Nicole for the sake of the kids. it's It's a typical abuse spouse. Yeah. I know he beats me up. He just shattered my glass window. I've called the cops on him. I mean that. Domestic violence call is just harrowing. I think you know who he is.
2: You know that Mark Furman came out to one of those calls. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why he, to me, makes a credible, I mean, despite, yes, okay, he's a horrible racist, but he did do the right thing at that call. Absolutely. He was a little bit starstruck, but he got her safe and said, let's do this. And she was the one that said, no you know, as usual. I think it was New Year's Eve. Yeah. When the, when the New there Year's were, I mean, there went. were a few. And she was like there half naked few. and it was really cold outside and she was already bruising up and hand marks on her I just, neck. I
3: so can't imagine. I. So they um, attempt to reconcile. They do not reconcile. OJ's dating Paula Barberi. Nicole is, um, kind of falling in a younger crowd but trying to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been sucked down in this shit. Yeah, yeah I, I want to go out and dance. She, I want to go have a good time. Yeah, she missed her 20s I entirely. Say, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. She
2: missed the fun years.
3: But OJ fucking stalks her. Yes. Do we also mention OJ likes drugs, yeah. which uh, increases- She liked her coat too, to be fair, but I mean,
2: yeah. nowhere near the amount he did. His volatility. Based on our
1: storytelling, everyone in this time yeah. period in California Nobody was doing- Nobody as much as Nick Fleetwood. Nick Fleetwood, Fleetwood the 80s in seven miles. <laughs> seven
3: mile Fleetwood. Seven mile Nick. OJ stalking her. Divorce 92, but he, they're still playing the... And they're still going to dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, and you guys said it, like, they have kids. The Browns
2: are being supported mm-hmm. by them. Like, it's all... She's still tangled up in his life, basically. Mm-hmm. Very much Even so. though, at this point, she does indeed want out. I mean, the Very divorce much is so. final. Yeah.
1: So, a bit of advice, perhaps, um, if you are in that position. The thing to do is, as part of the divorce settlement, get the money allocated into an irrevocable trust so that your family can draw from it and you can. But that's and how if, he holds it over her head. I'm not going to take no, care but of it your would be, family anymore. But it would be yeah. entirely in her... Like that, I, That's what I'm saying. Like If you were to divorce today and you... You know, you need to fix that.
2: Well, sadly, she needed that for her and her own children. Yeah, she shouldn't have to support her damn parents. That's true. That's true. I mean, like, yeah, it's great that he did that for the family, but then it got into this ugly thing where her parents looked the other way and they knew what it was happening. Yeah, they all knew that. That's and there was no reason. Like, okay, there was a reason. I don't know. I don't remember what how their finances got so fucked up, but I mean, they're grown adults. Yeah, problems. Exactly. You don't have to rely on your daughter and her abusive husband. Right. I mean, that's right.
3: So let's everybody take a deep
2: breath and talk
3: about <laughs> June twelfth, nineteen ninety four. OJ doesn't like her having a life. He's stalking her. That's the night of Sydney's dance, it's like a recital. dance recital. Yeah, and kind of for the first time, like I guess OJ's expecting to go to dinner with the family as he
2: normally would
3: have. Because he normally would have. And Nicole's like, no, no. Not so this they team. go to dinner. Have a lovely dinner, by all accounts. Mezzaluna. Mezzaluna. and Nicole has already met Ron Goldman through, believe it or not, Jason Simpson's girlfriend was oh. a friend of Ron Goldman. Right. So yeah. that's how Nicole's kind of getting in this younger crowd. She's hanging out with OJ's son from the previous marriage. It's not like she's trying to hide anything. Yeah. So for Ron Goldman, saddest, I'm going to be helpful story ever. Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, he was
2: pure. He was just like, she's a friend of mine. I know her. I'll go drop the glass. I'll drop him. Well, we, we skipped a part. Um, nicole's mother left her glasses at the restaurant correct and ron goldman was okay. a waiter and he, because he knew nicole so and nicole, called, nicole you lets know, him
3: drive her ferrari just mm-hmm. like because he thinks it's like what i get to drive a ferrari this yeah. is so cool they're friends that i don't know sure, portrayed sure. as a
2: romantic thing i don't that think that that's what said like, there wasn't i mean that, it had nothing to do with him that doesn't she mean, mean that. like i scream mean out that. to have like a single night in a bath like this was not yeah but that setup. doesn't mean that
1: oj didn't Read it that way. Oh, no, no,
3: no. That doesn't mean that O. J. wasn't looking outside her window because he was at the Burger King's scoring some Coke with Kato. This is in <laughs> Dominic Dunn's Another City Not My Own. Like they oh, went man. there, met their drug dealer, everybody got loaded, and that's when OJ drops Cato back off at the house. So he's got an unaccounted for time period where I think he's doing what he does every night, which is lie and wait and watch look. the fuck sh- what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he's seen her through the window, make out with other guys, entertain other men, live her life. And that doesn't sit well for a serial serial abuser.
1: Can we all agree that the culture lost 10 IQ points when Kato Kaelin became Jesus a name fuck. we all yeah. knew? Poor yeah. Kato Kaelin. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> really? He's offscoring he, drugs with a washed up celebrity. Like, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, poor us. <laughs> The OJ named she and the
3: kid's dog Kato. That's how good of friends he was with her. Like Kato was always on Nicole's side until the divorce. And then OJ comes in like Mr. Big Fat Gregarious. Ah, oh, stay with me, buddy. It's cool. It's cool. So he allies Cato to his side. Mm. And Kato's like, not the brightest stick in that. Really? The,
1: yeah. I, I'm surprised
3: but to hear that. Once the investigation started happening and Kato's like, no, I did hear a bang from the wall behind and this happened all of Well he also it,
2: tried to set up his alibi with Cato. No, he this said, is all the, the lawyers charge. talked to him like, yeah. no, Kato, you didn't
3: see that. That's not what happened. This is what happened. Yeah. So he is, just like the Browns, dependent on the largesse of OJ mm-hmm. to get the fuck by. And he's like Okay, I guess tell me what I have to say. But, I mean,
2: he went, Um, he called Paula Barbieri. He was angry at being left out of the dinner at Maisaluna. Yeah. And so he went back to his house and got the leather gloves and the knife. It was premeditated. For sure. I mean, it wasn't just a, an instance of him going over there, peeking in her windows and snapping. He went over there to kill her. Yeah. What was unfortunate was it happened to be right when Ron, Ron Goldman walked up. I mean, literally the yeah. same And you have to look up pictures sometime of her courtyard and her condo because it's tiny. It's like the space of this room. So he basically boxed him into a corner because Ron Goldman worked out. It wasn't like he was a big guy. yeah. Yeah. But when you've got a six foot what what is he six six or something he you took know, six four something yeah ex football player coming at you with a knife like he never had a chance that poor man was slaughtered and I mean he had I think dispatched her with a, a knock to the head I'm going to talk about injuries okay. for a second so, yeah. it was,
1: so Ron Goldman was like just dropping off he the was Ferrari because off. he had taken the glasses no, to her
3: mother he
2: was just dropping off her mother's glasses so he left oh, oh, he oh, went okay. home
1: to shower because he was going out
3: partying but he was like yeah Nicole I got you I'll drop him by on my way out yeah. to party oh shit this is a Waiter, your nightlife you starts. Yes, 11 exactly. O'clock when your shift exactly. Is done. Yeah, yeah. There's,
1: it's industry night over at you know Bar X. Like, well, yeah. and a lot of this stuff got uh, he went home and
3: took a shower. He was getting ready. No, no, he was, he was not doing was that. Doing that right. a he, was, right. he was getting
2: ready to go out. Yeah, and he he was just a generally he, friendly guy running an errand on so his way to the club.
3: Is OJ had actually started. You know, Nicole's planning for a bath. Mm-hmm. Ron's coming over. They're going to meet in the courtyard. Hey, thanks for bringing my mom's glasses by. God, she's a fucking ditz ball. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. She's going back in to get in the bath.
1: I have never heard this part of the story. Yeah. This is very cool.
3: If OJ comes in, she hears a noise. She thinks it's Ron Goldman. Mm-hmm. Comes down. Fuck, it's OJ with gloves and a knife. And you hear get the worst Timing mm-hmm. ever. Here comes Ron. Like by all accounts, his family says she, he would never leave anyone no, he in that situation. He's
1: going to stay in hell.
3: Yeah, and he did.
2: And, and he did.
1: And he got killed for it. This makes it so much worse, honestly. Oh, and his is brutal. 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 So there, And just because he... It, just an incidental bit player like again like my mm-hmm. understanding was always that like he was her new boyfriend no, and no, no. but it was they also were... vicious
2: and rageful like i forget how many stab wounds but even like to the face it was, yeah it but was i'm really sure bad.
1: i'm sure oj sees a dude walking up at mm-hmm. night to her house and is like oh, fuck like you yeah
2: yeah
3: let's talk about it so early on the morning of june 13th 1994 nicole age 35 was found dead Outside her home with Ron Goldman, who was a little bit younger, I want to say twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, I think that's I don't right. have the age. I suck. Autopsy determined that Nicole had been stabbed seven times in the neck and scalp, five and a half inch long <sighs> gash across her throat, the coup de gras, which had severed both her left and right
2: carotid arteries. He nearly decapitated.
3: Breached her. her right and left jugular veins. The wound on Brown's neck was so severe it penetrated a depth of three quarter of an inch. Into her cervical vertebrae, nearly decapitating her. She also had defensive wounds on his hands.
1: On her hands. On
3: her hands. Ron Goldman did as well. She is. I want to say he was stabbed 15 to 20 times in order to try to fight OJ off. But you're hyped up on amphetamines with your Mm -hmm. mind on murder. Right. No one was going to stop him. And Ron yeah.
2: Goldman was unarmed and backed into a literal cage, a literal the way her corner. Fence was yeah. in the condo, it was like a little fenced-in courtyard.
3: They are found that morning. Let's and uh, it's so because like you don't, you've never heard these things. No, because you heard the story and it you did. heard Johnny Cochran's press thing every morning. Like the narrative changed, mm-hmm. and the defense made up an entirely different narrative.
1: Well, but- and and as as has been my my want throughout life. I I tried not to follow this stuff. Like this just, it struck me as trash and I didn't want, I didn't want to put trash in my brain. And now of course, my view of trash is very different. <laughs> so it, you've it's met and married me. It's like, it's an amazing experience to go through this, but I teared up as you were describing their wounds. That's, Oh, their <laughs> wounds are brutal. I mean, it is,
3: it is slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. It is slaughterhouse on Gretna Green. Well, and the autopsy so, photos. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. Well, so now I'm now I'm remembering yeah, the horrific. what the low speed chase the next okay, day. Or, so because that makes a lot <sighs> oh. more sense that you've got a dude who is hyped up on drugs, freaking out about what he did, trying to like. Stall for time. He's already assuming that they're going to get him.
2: Yeah. Which would normally be the right assumption to Mm, make. If you're the killer.
3: So (laughs) after the killing, OJ heads back to his house. He's got a flight to catch. He's got to be on a plane to Chicago. So now you have the limo
1: driver. For more killings? No, he was
3: going for like a some business hurts. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Some yeah work thing. But he's called for a car to pick him up at 945. And the car's there at 935 because... It's fucking O.J. Simpson. He was one of the best witnesses
2: at the trial. He was one of the best witnesses. The driver was like the hero <laughs> best witness at the trial because <laughs> he was able to really kind of nail down, no. I waited. I was here, there. The Bronco was not. Oh. I called him and called him. When he finally picked up the phone, I turned around and all of a sudden the Bronco was the there. The Bronco was no. there. He was oh, able I'm to in to the prove. shower, man.
3: I'm in the shower. Yeah, he
2: was full of shit.
3: Well, and the shower has blood droplets leading to it. <laughs> he's got blood on his socks. He's got blood on his clothes that he's taken off his clothes and laid them on the floor because he's got a limo driver waiting.
2: Nicole's blood. And he has oh, a is it Nicole Anrons or just Nicole? Nicole Anron?
3: Yeah, um, and he's got a plane to catch. So when the rest of the world wakes up and hears this news, they're like, "Oh, well, it would be the husband, but the husband's out of town. It can't be him." Hey, dude, you may need to get back here. Your wife has been murdered. Oh, god, that's really sad. I was out of town.
2: But see, then you know, part of how they figured out the timeline was her dog, Yeah. Cato. Um, Cato was the one that he was oh, running around with. Little, he was freaked out, and he yeah. had blood on his paws. And a neighbor found him when he was out walking his dog, oh, and wow. he so let Cato gets out of the gate. No, he, he led him close back, back to Nicole. And they they said they had a, a dog expert with her dog and said it's not the kind that would have been able to defend its mistress. It just wasn't trained that way. Yeah. But he was howling and crying and running around. Well, he went to find out. I know. That's I know. yeah. Pet owners and like you hear
3: yeah. the and we know what time it happened it's like Martha Moxley we know well, what time it happened because every dog they, they knew did because of the dog, the dog barking
2: yeah. and, the, and the howling they knew that timeline based on that and the limo of when he probably that's did exactly it that's exactly it and he had plenty of fucking time they always tried to narrow that or the defense did he lived five minutes away from her yeah that those murders probably took less than well, three minutes well you also have the girl vicious and quick
3: there's also a woman who was at a stoplight that day that like the light turned yeah, green O.J. Yeah. Rant. she's like no i know exactly where he was at what time because mm-hmm. i was like what the fuck you motherfucker you just ran
2: mm-hmm.
3: almost ran into
1: me because so, you broke a light so can i let's okay so the murder happened the at night june 12th the bodies were found june
3: 13th right
2: but around what time well it was in the middle of the night like okay. the, so was, um, was the guy got up to walk his dog and it was it was around it was, it was after three, midnight yeah. or something when he the dog it was uh, still dark when all okay. the cops got there like okay. they did wind up calling in Marsha clark really early on she was on yep. the scene the next day you can see it from in aerial the photos but yeah they were there before dawn
1: and so this limo so i mean so the limo chase is or the right Bronco but chase. but was chase. but was oj do you think oj was actually in the shower at 9 35 in the morning it's or <sighs> do you think he had already like 9:35 35
2: in the morning i think or? i
1: would race home and clean no, up he was in the limo by
3: 10 35 He parked the Bronco, got in the shower. Hey man, where was he? What he
2: said first when he called the guy was like, "I'm sorry, I I I overslept. I'll be, I'll be right there." And then, like, yeah. I so think was he, he just out in the shower driving and, around all night or something? Like, no, why was
1: the why was the Bronco not there and then the Bronco was there? What, what? happened was okay. he
2: originally went and knocked on Cato Kalen's door and said, "Hey, man, can you bust up this hundred? I'm going to go to McDonald's. You know, they don't take. I got to buy meth." And yeah, that's what I think too. Well, Cato was like, "No, I can't. I'm hungry too. I'll dude. go with you." And so he kind of fucked up his alibi. That yeah. was the whole point of knocking on Cato's door was that Cato would think he was at McDonald's during the time period yeah. in right. which she was she killed. Was, well, right. he fucked it up, and then he had to take. Him to McDonald's. So then he takes him back, he rushes back out to kill her. By then, he's really cutting it close, and the limo driver is already there by the time he gets home. This flight's at 11 o'clock. So the limo driver was supposed to be there at 9.45 but he's very conscientious. Mm-hmm. He gets everywhere 10 minutes early and he's like that Bronco was not there. And not only was the Bronco not there like it's kind of haphazardly mm-hmm. right, sort of up on the curb So and like, he you can visually on into the house. cops were like don't open it we don't have a warrant but you could see blood on the door. Blood marks all over Like He it. was like, not even the least bit
1: What was OJ doing in the intervening hours of the murder and the limo driver being He got place. on a plane at 11 o'clock that night. That Nicole, night.
3: Nicole's still
1: Nicole is still bleeding so wait, out. Oh wait, so, sorry. So the limo is happening at night, not, not 9.45 oh, no, no, no. in the morning. Yes, sorry,
2: we may have been confused. The limo yeah. is happening while Nicole is being helps. murdered.
1: Yeah. That makes... Okay, sorry. I thought it was the next... I thought yeah, it was 9.45 in the morning.
2: So The limo driver helped establish the timeline and prove that it was possible. So this Nicole- is...
3: Fucking crazy. So O. Okay. J is back in the limo getting to the airport to catch his
1: eleven o'clock flight so
3: with the bag with the murder weapon that he drops at the airport. So
1: what you're saying is that if TSA had required the two hour thing, Nicole Simpson would still be alive. <laughs> oh, no, maybe. I think he
2: would have found a way. He, so he, was he would have, he would have killed her, her another this is day. 100% yeah. like, premeditated. Yeah. So he gets up the drink. following
3: morning in Chicago, and the police have called and said, you know, we're notifying next of kin, your wife has been murdered, you need to get back, and he's all...
2: Take care of your kids. I'm
1: so
3: shocked, because the police don't think it's
1: him. Right, because
3: he's cause in he's Chicago. fucking
2: halfway across the country. Until so they see him with Band-Aids and cuts on his fingers. Oh. And then they talk to the limo driver and realize oh yes indeed he could have been here and then they bring him in
3: for the gentlest questioning of a suspect he's oj simpson it was the most ridiculous
2: thing about that you should hear this interview yeah because he's got defensive wounds he oh he's acting shady he's i mean he looks like he hasn't slept like i don't know he he would have been an easy witness to break down if they had if they'd wanted to that's exactly because
1: lapd famously does not try to shake
2: People down. <laughs> right? No, but they were, it was, it was O.J. Simpson. It was O.J. Simpson. They mm. were all just in awe of, oh my God, we're in the room with the Jews. Yeah. Yeah. Like that to me is the part of this case that I struggled with for many years until that really awesome ESPN five part mm-hmm. documentary on him came out. I did not understand the gravity of what, what a big it meant. It was what a football hero he was and what he really meant to people. He was the hurts guy to me. Like I didn't give a shit about that. I didn't know what the big deal was. Why is everybody so. No, he was a record breaker. He was the first guy who made 2000 rushing yards in one season. Yeah. The
1: the ESPN thing is different than the people versus OJ
2: Simpson. Yeah. Well, that's a fictionalized account. Although it was, well, it was very, very, very good. He wrote Uh, it um well it's uh Ryan what's his face um from American Horror no, Story no Jeffrey Tubin, I think like oh the run of his life. It is, um, yeah it was based on the run of his life right yeah we One I mean I'm gonna have to rewatch that because uh, I watched it's so a few good. episodes really with you, but I and,
1: don't I um, don't know that I saw all of it it was very good though like and
2: what's her name that's in all the American Horror Stories that played Marsha Clark She's yeah the
1: Marcia Clark fantastic. oh um blah 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 like, who's
2: married to Holland Taylor
3: yeah
1: the uh, uh, the, the, blah, 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 blah. the amazing sexism that was thrown at her from every yeah. angle and you know and that as was somebody like-
2: that I was in college I was actually even married at that point and I was so unaware and I watched this trial gavel gavel but until it was over and I read her book I was just it, I completely missed it how really bad it was for her
3: okay so let's hang tight for a second okay. and let's get to so he Tuesday this happens he comes home gets the most ridiculous interrogation ever and now the evidence is stacking up. Hey, we found one of your gloves here, one of your gloves at the murders. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows it's him. So by the time that Friday, June 17th, rolled around, now we start the low speed Bronco chase owned and being driven by poor Al Cowlings, who just ends up in the trial. Do you remember this? Just having a breakdown. Like, yeah. OJ, tell the truth. Yeah, I know. Just tell the truth. <laughs> he <man."> actually
2: really <laughs> felt bad about doing it later and about his. So, you know, a lot of OJ's friends later expressed deep regret over not acting on on things that happen. The circle of
3: enablers that happen around. We've seen it before in our pod, right? Like nobody tells you. If you're okay, so the Bronco chase.
1: I had forgotten there was a. Dr- I thought it like I just have been thinking it was OJ no. driving and and real like okay so he here's had, how like, it like happened. He had like thousand
2: dollars with him, something like that. So uh, they're gonna head to Mexico, right? Yeah. That was the idea. Yeah. Well, he, oh, he had a okay. disguise. He had cash. Yeah. So
1: he's hanging out at Robert
3: Kardashian's
1: <laughs> he's house, six foot four, and had a disguise, did he? <laughs> and wants to
3: commit suicide. And Robert Kardashian's like, dude, you can't kill yourself in my daughter Kim's bedroom. Like that's just fucking shit. You Not can't do Kimmy's that. Ross yeah. <laughs> Not in Kimmy's
2: room. Remember Ross Geller played him. Not in Kimmy's room, man. was really funny. <laughs> like Kim's 12. You can't kill yourself in my
3: daughter's bedroom. And so OJ takes off with Al Cowlings in the Bronco. Starts the low speed chase which is watched on Friday night by 95 million people. Like it stops. Is, it, yeah. it was on at my house. Games are interrupted. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a like big deal. It becomes a thing. OJ does get Back to his house in Brentwood, gets arrested, gets cuffs. That's the thing that makes him the maddest. But in that car, there is a stash of cash, disguises a gun, and this letter to Nicole, which is just to, to, he's to. like, oh, he's blaming it on her. Of course, he I is. loved her so much. He still goes to her grave and yells at her like at game. her gravesite. Yes. He goes to Nicole's grave and yells at her, like, this is your fault. What? This is your fault. The fuck.
1: So... Can we also talk about how this, I think, kicked off the... Like, I think L.A. television... Like, news... L.A. news stations had always covered... Car TV chases was
2: already a thing, so right. But or I mean, they just become a thing. But though. like, mm-hmm. but
1: following it for years, car chases were featured on like CNN and Fox and mm-hmm. like, mm. like national news networks would cover car chases. I guess on the off chance that it was a celebrity in the car, maybe. <laughs> and it was dumb. That was not national news. I mean, the OJ thing, I guess was, but yeah, it's I just remember been, it just
2: enraged me. The slow, pe- slow yeah, speed chase. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. catch him. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jesus just, Christ! Pull they, him over. But he was telling he was right? and like the he said he had a gun to his head yeah
3: the hostage negotiators talking to him like man just, just come on back to brentwood like it's fine we'll meet you at your house like there are accommodations made
1: yeah and, and also if but like anybody
3: else but they like, would have crashed his car and put him to the oh, side yeah. of the road
1: yeah. like oj we know you're grieving but you have two kids come on man or well, he however they whined
2: because they handcuffed him in mm-hmm. front of his house dude you ran yeah yeah Like, sorry of course you got fucking I handcuffed you, you were
1: lucky you were allowed to turn yourself
3: in yeah you don't get special treatment Ugh. So, here's what I find unusual about it. So, he is arrested, charges filed, and normally when you find very wealthy, normally in high money, high profile cases, it takes a long time to get to court. If we look at Michael Skakel, it took him two and a half years to get mm-hmm. to court for Martha Moxley because of appeals and this. No. Murders in June of 94, OJ's trial starts January of 95. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. So this is his That's I think that's about the timeline for the Bobbitt case too. Yeah. Like assault in June and trials well, in if you're a defense November and January. Team.
3: You want to press as fast as if, okay, because there's two ways to go. You delay it to the end of time.
1: Right.
3: Or you press as fast as you can go, especially if you have a shit ton of DNA that no one understands. Right. A super
2: complicated case. So the more you rush it to court, the harder the DA is going to, the harder time they're going to have with the
3: it. The more they, the more pressure they have to build yeah. a case that's concise. And the defendant thorough. has a right to a speedy
2: trial so that's they can exactly go as fucking right. fast as they want. Yeah. yeah. So the so, reason with the judge, but then we mm-hmm. have judge So Sure.
3: OJ's first lawyer, Howard Weitzman, and his wife are friends, and Howard actually bails on it. He's like, nope. Yeah. I'm going to be shunned. Like, this is, there's nothing good about this. You're
1: too
2: guilty. Well, and a, you know, a couple of his friends who were friends, like Kardashian, said, you need the best criminal lawyer. They knew, right. you know, you can't just have your boy that you've always known that's handled your civil affairs. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Your contract lawyer is not going to yeah. be able to Paul's, save your ass in court here, Kardashian. Partner. And they end up hooking. Okay.
3: Here's the deal though. And I think the dream team is just a bunch of fucking bullshit. Effley Bailey because was a joke. Effley Bailey got Patty Hearst in jail.
2: Yeah,
1: you are.
3: I'll never understand
1: why they think he's the dream king. Uh Symbionese the, Liberation Army. Yeah, you are yeah.
3: brainwashed, and you still go to jail. What kind of lawyer are you? Robert Shapiro is known at the time as the plead-out king. Oh, he's never he. Mm-hmm. Um, this is amazing. I was yeah. the know that. lawyer for Marlon Brando? He's never gotten a client off. And he hey, he pleads
1: in, him out. He never goes to trial in defensive plea bargains, like. <laughs> they you, do you, keep the system going you roll the dice at your risk because judges will vent mm-hmm. spleen
2: on you if you make it go to trial and you're well, convicted johnny, johnny cochran had the best resume of them all but he usually spent his time fighting civil injustices right you know he yep this was not exactly his wheelhouse right but he right. was a winner he was a trial lawyer
1: and he was like he was but he's looking to i think he was the ideal lead for the moment like he well, Johnny Cochran really around. like he, yeah, he was like the flamboyant,
3: like. But yeah. he turned the narrative because oh, well, exactly. And yeah. We talked about this a little bit yesterday in prep for this. Ninety two, Rodney King. You've got every person with a brain, not just
2: black, but white too. Like person with eyeballs, it was person with video. eyeballs,
3: furious. <laughs> so if yeah. you flip that script, it's exactly what Johnny Cochran did. And all my yep.
2: jury set the cops free from the Rodney King beating. Yeah, and this was a complete reaction to that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, okay, so, like, obviously there was a grave injustice in this. Two people were murdered. But also, like, culturally, I understand... How, yeah. like, in that moment, it did not make sense
2: for that jury to convict a black they man. Were, I don't think they were ever going to do it. It was in direct reaction yeah. to the Rodney King then verdict. Then
1: why do we spend nine fucking months on a
2: trial? Well, and to That's the, it, I mean, not, the, just the not
1: just the Rodney King, but the systemic racism of the LAPD mm-hmm. to that point. Which um, was
2: why it was so easy for Johnny Cochran. Mm. And the minute they found something in Mark Furman's past, that was it. It was, it the, was over. It was right. done. But All of the prosecutors say the minute that happened, they knew we've lost. This is done. Because he'd already been trying to pull the race card mm-hmm. several different ways through that trial and wasn't all that successful. In the beginning, Ito was a little bit better about reining in the so rhetoric. The, yeah, the circus and of so, it. so, but and, once yeah. they dug that up on Mark Furman, so all bets and were wrong. And, that, and that, was, a that was transcripts of conversations he had, um, he'd had? He had worked with an author supposedly fictional she was going to write a book about cops in la and he was just giving her like personal stories and he used a lot of racial a lot of, yeah i know and yeah. just
3: well, like in retelling the stories and yeah. then there was this one
1: time that right. well i don't it's
3: i don't he later said i don't, that I that don't think that
2: was put on for her but i don't know yeah anybody I, that would say the n-word and say oh i was just doing." i that was gonna
1: third. say i don't think it's like but unfortunately if you pull out one line i think i think hey, at the end of the day
3: OJ still killed Nicole I, I, and Ron.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. With, like, I'm saying this grave injustice here, but again, I mean, I, there is a community that has been blinded. abused that yes. is reacting to that abuse. Like, there's a lot going on in the story that is... Okay, so hang tight. So you've got... Let's talk about Judge Ito, though. You okay, I to- do you want to talk
3: about this, but you've got
1: Cochrane, Kardashian,
3: Shapiro, Effley, Bailey, who can't law his way out of a fucking...
2: His one claim to fame is the paper day from The Fugitive that he got off the second time.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: they've already
3: hired Dershowitz for appeal. They've already got other lawyers planning because they know they're going to lose. They got
2: dude from the Innocence Project. I'm still mad at him for having anything to do with this case. Um, Not he, Alan argue, he argued the DNA against, um, oh, Barry Shack. Thank you. Barry Shaq. Barry Shack. And he's got the best reputation except for this. Yeah. Except no, it's, for this. it's a taint. DNA was his thing. He is part of the Innocence Project. So like to me, it really tainted his reputation. It, absolutely.
3: So Judge Ito is married to, peggy lance who is the captain of the police so ito gets reached out like hey man can you be on this trial do you have any conflicts with this and he's like toch yeah i'm sorry i'm cool my wife peggy lee whatever chief of police never mentions it so it's all this whole fed and thing and but here lance ito loses his mind so it's a celebrity Starstruck. trial mm-hmm. fest.
1: can i Ask, um, it was Ito who approved cameras in the courtroom, right? Yes.
3: yes. There was one camera in the courtroom. Would so that one camera set up is what you see the defense, the prosecution, OJ all playing to mm -hmm. everything is very focused on that. Well, and I I
1: think Ito himself was also playing like, Oh, yeah i i think the the original sin with this trial is the cameras like had it not had it just been like court sketch artists and i think it would
2: have always been that way there have been celebrity trials for years and years before there were cameras in the courtroom i think it was always going to be the I'd, celebrity is the original right sin. But,
1: but i don't know that um sort of the like national touchstone moment oh the reason it factor, went insane yeah, yeah um yeah like again like plenty of people
2: it's watched still be the trial of the century, just like the Lindbergh baby kidnapping and those trials and it's always going to be like yeah I mean that mm-hmm. was well before television and stuff like that I mean that's it's, it was always going to be that but it did make it that much more worse.
1: yeah I, I think I mean I guess I understand why Ito was like of course this is a serious no, you national got interest Ito intimidated by
3: the breadth of the defense team which really at the end of the day none of them are really that oh, fucking well. good but whatevs he's intimidated by all of that and so he I I think, almost bends over backwards to ensure that he's fair, but he's so fair, he's completely unfair because, mm-hmm. let's talk about none of her domestic violence claims they were made in, in. But
2: the way he kind of set up the prosecution in that when he would allow it in. So instead of being able to show a timeline of their marriage and their life, they had to stick in domestic violence at different parts of the trial. So it was really hard to see the cumulative effect that That's exactly in it. essential, when you break it all down, this case is is a domestic violence case that ended in murder. Right. But it was really hard to portray it that way when the judge kind of tied one hand behind your back. No, you can't introduce. That you can't talk about now. that. You have to talk about it. So it's hard to get a, a good linear picture of it.
1: You know, we need maybe for a bonus episode put this next to how the Bobbitt trials Ooh, were handled. That's interesting, because it was also they mm-hmm. didn't allow that. Like they only allowed testimony about the week surrounding yeah. his. They didn't
2: allow um, any testimony about yeah, him, all the like, things he had done to her. Yeah, were not allowed. Yeah. So by
3: October, the verdict comes out, not guilty. And the one thing, and I've heard from a lot of listeners about this, and somebody said this. The one thing I know, I, I remember about Dominic Dunn was just his look of shock. He's sitting with the Goldmans because Dominic Dunn because of his you daughter look at being YouTube murdered,
2: Kardashian. His face. Oh yeah. Oh, he's horrified. Yeah, he thought he's he going to he thought he was going to be guilty.
1: Horrified. Oh wait, so his client is acquitted and he's horrified. They to... all knew
3: at that point. Oh, oh, oh I'm sure. And no, Kardashian I'm was no, actually really you should a really see good man. Robert Kardashian like his, he's his like whole face breaks yeah. like like it is the <sighs> saddest. And you've got <sighs> Dominic Dunn just hand down you've got the because go- Dunn sits with all the families right because his daughter's been murdered absolutely so every judge that he's a case in your seat can mm-hmm. be with the family because we know you're going to be sympathetic to that
1: yeah absolutely
3: it all falls down in October and I have heard from listeners who are true crime adjacent that have said my biggest point of shame I was stupid I was a kid I was a teenager I was in my early 20s and I cheered when OJ got off lots oh, people did I thought I, I didn't get it because because the right. case was so skewed. Right, right. And you never heard the truth. Like I mean, Real I was good. kinda here like, okay, you didn't prove it. Sorry. Like I am ashamed of myself for that. Well, now. And, you
2: know, you mentioned earlier, and I don't mean to like correct you, but um you were like all the lawyers shit were shit. Johnny Cochran was actually brilliant. He was the best one. The race yeah. card was a brilliant play. Oh um, super good. Uh ethical, not so much, but well, I very fucking if you're a defense lawyer and need to get yeah, your client I mean, off. He also. did he did his job. Yeah. I mean, honestly. He played either like a violin. Totally. Yeah. He played that jet gi- like he knew how to be smooth with Edo. Whereas Marcia Clark had no time for Edo's nonsense. Mm-mm. And he knew it and resented her and took it out on her. Whereas Cochran was always smooth talking and like he could get, Edo to rule in his favor right. just because he knew how well, to Well, and you've to also got it. the, I'm and Cochran
3: was smart about this, like taking advantage of how bad it was fucked up with Rodney King. Yeah. So he was playing, he was riding that sea. They
2: were already going for the, um, the cops set him up defense well before they found the Mark Furman evidence. Oh, for sure. That right. just cemented it.
1: Yeah. And, but can I say, and again, not ethical to go to the mat to get a double murderer off. Although if you're a defense lawyer, I guess that's the ethics. That's kind of where you'd be yeah. But I do, I do think that putting LAPD on trial at that time was probably the right thing to do. The best it's just you've a, got for defense. Well, but it,
2: LAPD needed to be put on, like LAPD. They kind of <laughs> earned that shit. Yeah. The unfortunate victims were victimized yes, further or because they ron, got no justice yeah. especially ron goldman i'm not saying that nicole obviously she obviously, did too yeah. but ron goldman was literally in the wrong place at the yeah, wrong time just, trying to be a hero mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking yeah. that he is completely forgotten because all it was was the circus trial and i mean it's nicole is much mm-hmm. more talked about and ron's kind of sure. forgotten his family over the years have been very upset it's like, at, what like, the fuck yeah. the, oh. you know he was a person too yeah. he was yeah. a victim too this is not just the nicole and oj story right right and it's his really sister Decide. has got married and has a child whose name is Ron. Oh. Just so you know. She that's... broke my heart. Do you remember her in court? She screamed out loud and her face went in like oh, it just I'll start crying, I mean, yeah, yeah, no,
3: I'm horrible. Yeah. He is found not guilty on October 3rd. No one else, funnily enough, has ever been charged or arrested with those murders. never really? Remember his, that press conference? Yeah, he
1: was going to fund detectives to find, to find the, the real, real killers. killer. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're still out there. I'm so sure he's they're still out there. found not guilty in the criminal
3: trial in October of 95. There is a civil lawsuit filed against him.
2: Which goes much
3: better. Which a unanimous decision by the jury finds him guilty in 1997 on whatever, like 438 counts. Like you remember yeah, them holding yeah. the poster well, the rules boards up. From are the of much
2: better, than, and the judge they had there did not allow the race car to be played. That's, that's exactly like, right. Like the minute they tried to do that, he's like, "No, we're not having that in this yeah. courtroom. That's yeah. not what this case is about." Right. And that's how you know should have ruled it. But
3: so, right, ending up with that, he owes about 33.5 million wow, to, to the, the Goldmans. Goldman's and the. Okay. that funnily enough before that happened he managed to divest all of his assets so Real. he doesn't have, he's broke he doesn't have any money he
1: lost all his money and again let's talk about irrevocable trusts
3: well and so let's talk to is, your
1: financial advisor yeah right um, he
3: doesn't have any money. He can't pay it. Uh He's still after the murder cases, getting into trouble with the law. In 1999, state of California files a tax lien against him. He owes about 1.5 million in back taxes. In 2001, he's arrested in Florida on battery and uh, battery and burglary charges.
1: He broke into someone's hotel room to steal back.
3: Not yet. That's 2007. Oh, oh, okay. Hold so on. Wow. Okay. Wow, no. So he's, he's just a trap. Well, and there was a time like in the early. 2000s that his white blonde girlfriend was missing for a few days in florida do you remember this and everybody's oh. like
1: oh and there's a third victim <laughs> She, <laughs> she is found. found. Yeah. She's like Alive. It's fine. Everything's
3: cool. Um, but he apparently, God damn it! You don't let a serial abuser get away with it. Because now he thinks he can always get away with it. I can
0: do anything. Well, he went to
2: Miami, and they they call it his Elvis days because he got really bloated and gross. And yeah, he lost all that charm and that spirit that used to draw. You know, people you're in. a murderer they're inside your they're soul. Really only there for you now for the coke and the booze and the girls. Right, you know, I mean, right. It wasn't the same sort of, he was still looking to hold court the way he used to. It's not because he was OJ Simpson, but he right. lost all that shine. You're a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that that ages you well. I think he thought he would move on from this, God being found damn. not guilty. But the rest of the world was like, no, motherfucker, you did it. Well, You're and his, never going to move on so no, He lost his, his, his membership conscience, from his golf clubs. Like His conscience
1: could not have moved. Like, I'm sorry. Like well, I'm, I think his conscience moved on.
3: His I conscience think his conscience moved care. on
2: five fucking minutes after he did. He it. blames
3: Nicole. His conscience never felt a damn he part of this.
2: decapitated the mother of his children. He has no conscience. He's a sociopath. Yep my thoughts he's never felt not bad honestly, about it. i'm not a doctor but
1: certainly possible yeah i but feel again, like
3: he feels he's probably justified in what he did i think in he his has done serious. i brain. think
1: he i think he may feel that now but again that bronco chase mm-hmm. really like i don't think his, that whole thing was about self-pity mm-hmm.
2: it well, was about holding down in my head oh, he, not oh. arguing
1: but he knew he was gonna get caught he knew he'd done mm-hmm. it he was freaking the fuck out and you know
2: that was left out of trial Because that would be prejudicial. Like, I don't understand how that, how the, how the suspect fleeing is. How is that prejudicial? I mean, I get it. It is prejudicial, but it's also fucking true. If somebody runs, you look guilty. Yeah. I don't think that should be left out. Yeah. I'm not a judge. (laughs) Like, no, I'm going to, I, no, you're looking for fucking attention. He was just, he was really trying every card he could to be sympathetic. Well, and the bad thing was like the cops had already, you know, they did the softball interview. They let him go, which they were already pissed that they let him go. Is that even softball? Or is that just pool pool tossing around the ball? So then they call and are like, you've got to bring him back in. You have to arrest him. And his lawyer's like, let OJ turn himself in. Yeah. That's how the Bronco thing happened mm-hmm. oh. because he was at so-and-so's house. Was he a Kardashian? Um, he was, he was at a Kardashian's mm-hmm. when the Bronco started. Yeah. Yeah. So he was supposed to have turned himself in that day. And then No, because he, he was going to
3: kill himself in Kimmy's bedroom as opposed to turn himself mm, in, which he was never going to do. He loses all status, all cachet in society. He's dropped from his golf clubs. And he's expecting to still go in the world and have people greet him. And, oh, yeah. And- oh, juice, give me your... People hate him, right. you know? So 2007, OJ leads a group of men into a uh, Las Vegas hotel and casino, stealing sports memorabilia at gunpoint, because if you do it once, you can do it anytime. He's arrested in 2007. He admits to the theft, but he claims, hey, they were stolen from me. I- I'm not to blame. I'm just stealing them back? Basically. <laughs> Police, <laughs> this guy is oh! Even after this, amazing. he gives this story like I didn't have a gun. Like they were, it was my shit. The shit was a lie. Police release him after sure, he was sure questioned. Was
1: video of him waving a gun around, and he's like, "No, I didn't, in yeah. Vegas. But, oh, I didn't have a gun." they're on
3: security cameras. They're mm. in the elevators, showing each other their fucking guns, <laughs> <Yeah>. like idiots. <laughs> the police arrest him two days later with three accomplices Simpson's bail is set at 125k he's asked to surrender his passport and not speak to any of the co-defendants he does not enter a plea in 2008 he's found to be in violations of the terms of his bail and arrested that same year he's found guilty of all the charges robbery criminal conspiracy kidnapping use of a deadly weapon sentenced to 34 years in prison
1: wow he's out again though in 2018
3: Uh, he was released on parole after
1: serving nine years of his sentence at the age of 70. I mean, um, generally, we assume people have aged out of their crime doing at the age of 70. Re- I'm just Serial's saying. Serial's gonna serial. OJ is special, but you know, in general. He know. reportedly earns $5
3: million for his first televised interview. Any income he makes can be seized to and used to pay off that civil case debt. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah let's not talk. Don't forget to talk about his book.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> if hold I on, did one, So any money he earns, though, from pension. Pensions and Social Security it's can't his. be seized. So yeah. the speculation is he dumped in millions into that pension that's just giving him a fund every month. Here's what I really dug. Not that the family will ever get it, but now that the civil trial's done in 97, not only does he owe that 33.5 million, he also owes forty million dollars in interest on top of that. Mm-hmm. So any money he makes legitimately will never be his. So he had didn't have to he was fucker, but he did hide all of his money away yeah. in different things so oh, the Browns right. and the Goldmans
2: could never well, touch it. Well, one of it. the things that was interesting about his book, though, was they finally did allow it to be published and then took the proceeds. Okay, yeah. so
3: talk about the book.
2: So the book, he basically was fucking egotistical enough to think I can write a fictional book of if I did it, this would be how. And of course it's tasteless. Of course it's horrible. You know, any, originally I think the families did try to block it and you're not allowed to, you're not yeah. allowed Profit profit, off the crimes, but yeah. he was never convicted so he could publish this book and so instead what they did they went after the book they got all yeah. of the money from it mm-hmm. which was you know Very smart. super fucking smart yeah. well he had I want to say like a
3: 20 million dollar interview deal after the verdict mm-hmm. that ended up Hollywood circled around him they circled around Nicole like nope drop it so the big bank he was expecting to make after the verdict never happened Hollywood was like nope we're not doing that and he got shunned so not only did he get shunned from his California circle? He moves back to Florida and gets shunned. Mm-hmm. The golf club won't take it. He's playing on public courses. Like his private course is like, nope, sorry, man. You were good enough to pass for a second with us, but you're a fucking murderer. Mm-hmm. So uh, did he get what he deserved? I don't know. I no, don't think no, nine years no. is no, enough. Not, not a little bit.
2: He was not. He was, suffers in hell he was every day. not
1: convicted of murdering the people he murdered. So no, no he did not he get didn't. what he deserved. He if has there's not- a hell
2: he will be burning.
1: Yeah, he has yeah. not had a happy life since he murdered those people, which is appropriate, but still, like, he
2: was... He, he had was a few a... good years, uh, you know, with cocaine and hookers in Miami. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, no, it's um, not what he had in California, but that's a hell of a lot better than prison. It agreed. I mean... Uh, yeah, he's disgusting. Yeah. I, I, I mean, know. he's five trash I don't cans. Think, one thing I would want to say is I don't think this would happen today. I think our culture has evolved with celebrity culture, that if a famous man, despite who he was, was to do something like that... That, with DNA. Yeah. We're 25 it years on. And it, and we haven't also like that literally came on the hills of the Rodney King verdict mm-hmm. in the same area. Yep. Same jury pool. I mean like they, they tried it out in Simi Valley where all the cops were from. It was an all white jury. Mm-hmm. This was tried downtown. Yeah. This never would have happened if they had actually moved it where they should have. If they, you know, I mean, yep. I don't think the same but they've thing been would ever happen backwards now.
3: making a con- Like yep. I don't not, I don't I think do, they would do that
2: now. There was a, there was a lot less free under, and
3: fair defense. Well, but, that shit, but there was but, a
1: lot less understanding around, Mm-hmm. domestic violence and and the pattern that it takes and that it does in many cases ultimately escalate to homicide the travesty
2: of the trial is that mm-hmm. it was not allowed to be presented as a from start to finish as, a domestic what violence was. case that ended in murder and it would have been much easier for a jury to understand that i mean first of all they were blinded by you know his star and all of that but i mean also their case just got fucked over by the judge because of that yeah. and when was, that wouldn't be allowed to happen now when
1: was uh was her name Hedda steinberg in new york city she was her crazy fucking abusive husband, like, ended up murdering a child in their care, and then it was a really famous... I want to say it was late '80s, but it, it set the stage for like the abused wife syndrome mm-hmm. or or whatever that was. You know, but anyway, it but it's a it's a super. You guys both know. It. I'm just getting her name wrong. It's a super famous case. Basically, the the reaction and the culture when this thing went to trial, and this poor woman was like 40 and looked 70, and she, I mean, she had just been beaten <gasps> the
2: fuck out of. That's what the Pookie. Can- oh my god, are you Law and Order people? <laughs> okay, I'm a Law and Order yeah. freak. I love that show. It's one of the earliest episodes in the original Law and Order. The Pookie episode that's I mean, based on that okay that's, that's based yeah. on that that's probably he, so he killed a child in their care uh-huh. and she was so beat down and so like she still even like was just under his trance at the trial yeah but based on that i wish i could remember the name yeah down the yeah, down yeah. What you're I'm, talking about yeah
1: i'm definitely getting the name wrong because you guys both know it um but in any case the reaction in the culture at the time was like well okay if he's just hitting her all the time why doesn't she battered wife syndrome that's, yes yeah. that's the
2: term which and it really came into play with lorraine Bobbitt. right that's when sure. it really gained momentum
1: well but again and like the reaction in the culture was like, Well but she, she could cut just his leave. dick off. <laughs> That's not
3: right. <laughs> so I guess if there is kind of a sliver of anything, that, any positive thing that happened is that this trial really did change our awareness of...
1: Gr- yes.
3: In a way
2: that these domestic, early... Domestic violence, changed serial abuse, violence. DNA. It showed us how racism can affect a trial. That's exactly right. And it also, it was a huge education in DNA for this entire country. Yep. The entire country was riveted. Like, they tore apart the DNA for the defense, but I mean... Blood doesn't lie. Blood don't lie. Hey, I... Yeah, have- and I mean, Everybody DNA, got baby. that's DNA okay he fucking did it i think it put police
1: departments everywhere in america on notice yeah that so if- just because you collected 10
3: cc's of blood mm-hmm. and now you're testing 9 cc's doesn't mean that the
2: dna didn't change no it didn't change it didn't jump across it did like we could get, we could talk about the dna part of this forever. case forever for days yeah. that yeah. makes me so angry that barry sheck had anything to fucking do with this case yeah that's a travesty do but, you think he feels bad about it now um in hindsight I, yeah. it's got to be a shame thing sure i think that's a shame thing for all for of everybody. Them. You know, Johnny Cocker never said it. I mean, he won, but no, they, they, um,
1: like they, ethically they can't,
2: but <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know what I'm saying? But uh, after a time, like I think it Kardashian died young and I, I think it was a shame thing for all of them. Do you know that Effley Bailey can't practice law in like seven States? Yeah. Cause he's he he such sucks. a fucker. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a terrible attorney. He's I don't know terrible. why everybody like, acts like he was the golden child and really the only case. Well, he was there. the golden child in the late 50s, early 60s. That one case. That was one the guy? Case. The fugitive guy, um, the doctor that killed his wife. Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. Harrison Ford. So he was Ford. convicted originally. Harrison Ford, yeah. yes. Yeah. He Ran away in originally. his Millennium
3: Falcon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but he got him off the second time. And that's how he became <laughs> the golden child. But to my knowledge, he never really won another high-profile case after that. I could be he wrong. He got
3: Patty Hearst in, in jail. jail. You're not a good lawyer. You're I don't have a law degree, and I could have done better on that case. Like, come on, he's a fucking drunk. And you knew, (laughs) no, you saw it, you knew it was happening. When he gets up, he does nothing the entire goddamn trial, and then gets up to question Mark Furman for 27 seconds and asks one question. Mm -hmm. And you you felt it. You felt it in your heart like,
1: it's a trap. But what was the question?
3: Have you ever used the N-word? Mark Furman's like... No, and he denied it. The problem was he originally so denied he, it. So he set he the ultimate perjury the trap. Yeah. Well,
2: what really happened though? The first time he denied it. Then once Furman found out what they had on him, yeah, he honestly did not have to plead the fifth. He was not under arrest. He was not in trouble no. for anything. But he was advised by a civil attorney to plead right. the fifth on any question. He couldn't answer the question about whether or not are you a racist or if you've ever said the n word. So therefore, he couldn't answer anything. Yeah. And that was the problem. They said, "Okay, did you plant evidence? I cannot answer on my." Oh. Oh, rights shit, of my fifth yeah. amendment you can see how that looks to a jury oh, that yeah. already doesn't want to believe he did this yes. and to the public who is watching this trial exactly. gavel exactly. together exactly it was the death knell to that case yeah, yeah. and again LAPD mm-hmm. had to make big
1: changes as a result mm-hmm. of which you this get the case positive changes, thardic yeah. personal
3: revolution that Martin Furman did after that. Like yeah. he went to the Martha Moxley case and yeah. got justice yeah. for Martha with Michael Skakel. I do think
2: more of him now. Like, I think he learned his lesson and tried to be a better person well, and to do, like, do, do something worthy with his or, life after yeah. it happened. So, it's, I mean, he definitely regretted his part in that and has expressed as much. This so whole case you is a travesty. Just a travesty. The whole thing is just incredibly the, I mean, I always go back to Nicole. I think Marsha Clark's book, if, if you you want to recommend anything to it's listeners, a good book. Her book on the trial is incredible. And the stuff she digs up about their early lives and like, you see the culmination of abuse and how it gets worse Mm -hmm. and how everybody around them knew it. But nobody talked about it. Yeah. And back then, you know, I think the laws have changed. They have in some places anyway, where the woman doesn't always necessarily have to press charges. No, the cops show up and you've got, there's indication indication of, they can arrest Mm -hmm. back then. If she said, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And they let it go. Yeah. But they kind of got used to getting caught. Called out to OJ's house. He was OJ. Mm. And if Nicole let it go, then this case was marred by celebrity, oh, yeah. racism, and you know domestic violence, which was the most important part of the case, was shoved under the rug. That's it's a travesty.
3: Y'all, y'all, those are the trashy divorces interest. of OJ Marguerite. Divorces and
2: ultimate murder, mm-hmm. yeah, trashy divorces murder. and can double even murder. We 10 trash cans we, I, I, I trash can I'd 11. actually, <laughs> I would
1: actually vote for 10 <laughs> on this. That guy. Well, God, five, like, five for each
3: homicide. In in How about five for each trashy divorce and five, five for, for each homicide. homicide? So, 20 trash cans, yeah,
2: Matt, yeah, yeah,
3: on <laughs> fire <laughs> in an acid bath.
1: Yes, no, it's such a shame. Like, and again, the way that you know, Johnny Cochran and the defense was able to embed this in a cultural moment mm-hmm. was genius
2: okay. he was brilliant he was brilliant you have to give johnny copper his due because mm-hmm. i mean the man is a defense did lawyer job. he did, he did job. it yeah. it's a shame that he set that case on fire with racism and he said the entire country I, I think i told you about this i was working as a daycare teacher i was in college oh, yeah. and the verdict came out during nap time we drug the tv out to like the lunch space so we wouldn't wake up the kids there was a complete division our staff was about half and half black and white black girls cheered and the white girls cried. And I mean, that's what it did to the entire country. Yeah, and sure. that is one of the things that still hurts from that case is that there Absolutely. are still people. I have black friends today that are like, I regret how I felt at the time. And I have ones that are still touchy about it, that are still like, you know, I just can't talk about it. I, I, hey, he you know what? Did do it, but he I'm not may ready have been yet.
3: guilty, but look at how much we've been accused in like.
2: And I mean, they, that's valid. It's, it's valid. Just, it's very It's totally valid. valid. It was in response to Rodney King. Yep. It was in response to years of systemic racism of, you know, being jailed and getting just shit on their entire lives. The unfortunate part of this is O.J. had left them behind. He didn't give a damn about the black community. Right. All he, all of his mm. friends were white. He joined an all-white country club. Like, Talk about the scrubbing of the house. Bullshit. Oh yeah. So at the trial, which this was totally unnecessary because it wasn't actually the crime scene, but because one of the gloves and because of his bloody socks being found in his bedroom, they had already been to tour her condo to see where the murders actually happened. Well, the defense insisted that they go see Rockingham. Well, Rockingham is an estate right. that is a monument to fucking. OJ, there's a goddamn statue of him out by his pool. So... Right before they come, Marsha Clark and them get to walk through the house like maybe thirty minutes before. And where he had used to have a huge wall of like pictures of with him of like with rich fat white cats, like all of his white friends, and on the ski now he's got black horses.
3: artist paintings. Oh yeah, he's got a picture of black Jesus. He's got
2: pictures of pictures, of his mama. His mama, and none yeah. of this shit was in that house before. Okay. This whole house looks like a you know like a celebration, sure, of black yeah, a gallery and of that's African 100% art, and not yeah. who he was. Now no, you he know he has a. Transvestite drag
3: queen brother. No,
2: how did I not know that?
3: Because you don't read Dominic Dunn. Oh
2: my God. Oh, yes. Probably because OJ Simpson would never have. I was going to say, I'm sure they're not close. Dude, I know we got to wrap up, but I can talk about
3: this case all day. So the Goldmans are at the trial every single day, 100% in for Ron. The Browns are 100% in the beginning, and then they kind of fade out. Remember Nicole's sister making out with her boyfriend in the courtroom? Like all of she this. She gave is a really bad performance too. The scene stuff. She's got one sister, Tanya, maybe, who brings her boyfriend and they make out in court. Like Dominic Dunn and Lenny Dunn oh, and in the murder of their daughter were like, This is the last business of our daughter's life. We're not gonna like this is mm-hmm. the most serious thing I that's ever happened. I, at house.
2: I read the entire part of Dominique's case. Yeah, I was at your house. But you've got the Browns
3: who maybe show up some days and maybe don't. Yeah. And they're not really and then you've got OJ's family. Now I don't know how he paid them off, but OJ's family is stalwart. Mm One day his brother shows up. He's heavily monitored. He's got his sober people there with him, but there's a lot of shame in OJ's family and what their parents have covered up. You've got a really sweet, uh, story with Caroline Herrera coming to Dominic Dunn and telling him, like, I'm the Simpson family is, you know, they're so stalwart in their support. Like, we all know he's fucking guilty AF, but I'd like to do something nice for them and gets gift baskets of her fragrances and body stuff sent over like you've got to remember these families are Mm in-laws
2: they're sharing custody of the same kid they did have to like kind of work with him because of that the only other thing I was quickly going to mention. Yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up with last the, thoughts. The guys. Faye Resnick thing, because Nicole Ugh. Brown was really painted as a cocaine sniffing white girl that she just was a star fucker, like and, a gold you know exactly. Yeah. They yeah. really painted her that way, and that was not the truth. No, the truth was he picked her up when she was a cocktail waitress and eighteen years old, and controlled her life from then on. But she had this from really, eighteen to thirty five. She had this really fucking unfortunate friend who wrote a tell all in the middle of the trial. Oh. That I mean, she at lesbian things in the book, which, you know, that shouldn't be a problem, but obviously it painted good her, her as a drug addict. Uh-huh. It actually kind of validated everything the defense had been saying about her. And you're blaming the victim. Yeah. You're blaming the victim. This yeah. whole trial is th- the victims are forgotten. and When they're not forgotten, they're fucking blamed. Yep. So, okay. That's all. That's no, it's <laughs> a travesty. Um, I'm still pretty confident with my 20 trash bags on fire,
3: Nevada acid. I, I'm everybody down it. with that yeah or, yeah you know, fantastic I hope he
2: rots in hell one
3: day hey Sorry. y'all
2: no, <laughs> I mean, he, no i mean if there's, i hate that guy if hate hell is too good for so him what's
3: worse than hell hell's too good
1: <sighs> hey the good news is no one's gotten into the good place in over 500 years so. <laughs> he's not, <laughs> he's, not, he's, not he's not it won't be him hey everybody
3: thanks for tuning in uh this is the one day we're not going to encourage you to keep it trashy because
2: yeah this no, is kind of a sad case. Stay
3: single yeah. if you're in that sitch find some resources to get some help because it's tough. Like it's a mentally tough thing that is very hard to I have all
2: the national numbers and stuff. If you'd like to post it in your show notes, fantastic. Oh, cool. yeah, we'll absolutely cool. do that. Yeah. So There's y'all definitely help.
3: Thanks everybody for tuning in. Erica, you are as always the most delightful. Hey, thanks guest. for
2: having me. I never get to talk about cases that aren't Southern and I was an OJ fanatic. I watched it gavel to gavel. Like I, I was a very young, impressionable, you know, I feel like I, for I'm for sure no way too much about that case. So Stacy's been, been working on this
3: idea. She's got the nomenclature i think for it but uh anybody into a southern fried true crime <laughs> trashy divorces
2: live tour i think it would be so much fun <laughs> what have you
1: got it called stacy um was it scattered smothered cover? i don't know you tell me we yeah. thought we talked about scattered
2: and cover but there was also yeah. southern fried something southern fried, southern fried and it had to do with your um southern fried
3: flamey trash southern or something yeah something i do trash, know. trash yeah, cans or funny. something yeah. anyway thanks everybody for tuning in all right y'all lead us out
2: Keep it trashy.
3: Keep
1: it
2: trashy.
3: Stay the fuck single. Don't marry OJ.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Bye. Cheers, y'all.
2: Southern Fried True Crime is written and produced by me, Erica Kelly. The original graphic artist by Coley Horner, and Southern Fried's original music is by Rob Harrison of Gamma Radio. Obviously, I didn't write today's show, but I really hope you enjoyed this crossover episode with my friends at Trashy Divorces. If you haven't already seen it on social media, you did get to hear a hint today of another planned crossover. I'm doing a live show with Alicia and Stacy called The Scattered, Covered, and Smothered Tour. It's Southern Fried Trashy Divorces, and we are so excited. It will be in Atlanta on Sunday, August 25th, and the doors open at 5 p.m. Please check social media for more detail, but tickets will go on sale July 10th. And don't forget, I will be at the True Crime Podcast Festival in Chicago on July 13th. It will be held at the Marriott Downtown right on the Magnificent Mile. 90 of your favorite podcasters will be there for you to meet and scoop up swag. This is a full-day event with several panel discussions, live episodes, and a huge meet-and-greet. I will be a panelist along with Justin from The Generation Y, Josh from True Crime Bullshit, Laura from Crime Writers On, and Jillian from True Crime Obsessed. To purchase tickets or learn more, go to truecrimepodcastfestival.com or look for it on social media. I hope to see you there. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please tell a friend or rate and review on iTunes. And please go subscribe to Trashy Divorces. Even true crime diehards like us can use some lighter fun once a week, and these women set the bar very high in research, thoughtful social commentary, and, of course, comedy. If you're interested in supporting the show, please visit my website, southernfriedtruecrime.com. There you can sign up to be a patron of the show, make a one-time donation, or purchase show merchandise. That's southernfriedtruecrime.com. Happy Fourth of July, everyone, and until next time, thanks so much for listening. Y'all take care.